I let them go ahead and choose Saul to be their king. Because I said I can use that man. I can use him for my purposes. See, the people are activating their wills and they're just doing a plan. But God says, I see all of it from heaven. I see all of it from my throne. And I say, I can, I can use that man for my purposes, said God. And let the people go ahead and make their choice. Let the people choose what they want to do. Let the people say what they want to say. Because I'm on the throne. And there's nobody that's going to ever exceed my throne, said God. And the plans of man will never come up higher than my plans, said God. But I will have my way in the earth when I say I will have my way in the earth. So I will use a Saul temporarily and let him do his thing because I can use that. And then I will raise up the men and women that I will raise up to advance my kingdom. And the souls will soon fade away. But my heritage will live on. For David gave his throne to his son. And that throne was established. And I would say to you, my sons and my daughter, that I have everything in my hands. And I don't want you to be afraid, but I want you to trust in me. Because I am doing multiple things at multiple times, and I am not persuaded about anything else. I am not worried. I'm not surprised by what man does. And I want you to know that you were born not of a corruptible seed but incorruptible you were born of incorruptible seed in Jesus Christ and the power of my spirit will continue to work a work inside of each and every one of you the more you yield yourselves to me, the more you humble yourselves before me, the more you cry out with your whole heart, don't just come halfway to me, God says, but come all the way to me. Pour your whole heart to me, said God. And raise your heart and not the outer part. No matter what you look like to other men, it doesn't matter what you look like to the church world. It doesn't matter what you appear like to the world. Because I see your hearts, and I know your hearts. And those that had a pure heart before me, I'm going to continue to fill with my spirit. And you will walk in my ways, and you will come up higher into the hiding place under the shadow of my wing. And I will always embrace you. And I will always protect you. And I will always lead you. And I will always guide you. And I will always nurture you. And I will always feed you and fill you and take care of you. Because you're my daughter and you're my son. And there's no other love that can love you but the love of the Father. The love of the Heavenly Father to His children.
amen as we prepare our hearts for prayer on tonight we ask that you just posture your heart before the king of kings and your heart before the lord of lords on tonight as we travail for zion on tonight as we travail for our families on tonight as we travail for souls on tonight as we travail for the lost on tonight as we travail for those that struggling with fear on tonight those that struggling with anxiety on tonight those that struggling with panic on tonight as we travail on tonight we posture our hearts before our king on tonight so lord father god here we are tonight oh god here we are your sons and your daughters oh god and god we posture our heart oh god before you on tonight oh god as we stand in the gap oh god as we cry out lord god for our family oh god god we pray oh god over our hearts on tonight oh god according to your word oh god that you are wash us oh God with the watering of your word on tonight oh God that you will purify our hearts oh God that you will purify our minds oh God that you will purify our thoughts oh God as we stand in the gap oh God as we cry out oh God for our family oh God for our friends oh God for our loved ones oh God as we cry out for our nation on tonight oh God as we cry out for souls oh God on tonight oh God we cry out for the prodigal son and the prodigal daughters that have lost their way oh God and gone to riotous living oh God we pray oh God for a shaking oh God that they would rise up oh God and they would come back to the father's house oh God they will come back to your love oh God they will come back to you oh God oh God in such a time as this oh God we cry out Lord God we repent oh God on the behalf of our forefathers oh God on the behalf of this nation oh God we pray oh God that we will have hearts of true repentance oh God that there will be a turning oh God a turning from wicked to righteousness oh God a turning oh God a turning to fear to faith oh God we will travail oh God we will overcome oh God we will conquer oh God because you are already conquered death hell and the grave oh God on our behalf oh God so God we shout grace we shout grace over our families on tonight oh God we shout grace oh God we shout grace oh God we shout grace oh God we pray for revival oh God revive us again oh God revival oh God we pray that revival break out in the north oh God we pray that revival will break out in the south oh God we pray that revival doors will open in the east gate oh God and the west Gate, oh God, revive us again, oh God, as we prophesy, oh God, that we your sons and we your daughters, oh God, we will have hearing ears to hear, oh God, we will hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say, oh God, we pray, oh God, that you will touch our eyes, oh God, so that we might be able to see, oh God, we pray, oh God, that you will touch the eyes of the servants on today, oh God, let them see, oh God, that that there are chariots of fire around us, oh God. You, oh God, have the Lord's army's army. Oh God, angels guard us. Angels, oh God, protect 
with us, oh God. So we pray for all of our EACM churches, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. We pray for those, Lord God, in every state, oh God, in every country, oh God, in Korea, oh God, in Japan, oh God. We lift up Cayman Islands, oh God, before you, oh God. We lift up every EACM church, oh God. We lift up every apostle, oh God, every prophet, oh God, every pastor, oh God, every teacher, oh God, every evangelist, oh God. We lift up the fivefold ministry, oh God, and we pray, oh God, that we, oh God, shall continue to stand, oh God, and we will see, oh God, thy kingdom come, oh God, and thy will is being done, oh God, in the earth, oh God, as it is already in the heavens, oh God. So we bless you, oh God. We bless you for the words of the Lord that will go forth in this house on tonight. We thank you, Lord God, that the word will come alive, oh God. We will see the demonstration and the manifestation of the books of Acts, oh God, in this very season, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit, oh God, will rest upon us, oh God, as tongues of fire, oh God, and we will speak, oh God, with the new tongue, oh God. We will praise you, oh God. We will worship you, oh God, like never before, oh God. So we say bless us indeed on today. Bless our families, oh God. Bless our bishops, oh God. Bless our in-house pastors, oh God. Bless our ministries, oh God. Bless all families, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. We continue to pray for those that are grieving, oh God. So many have lost loved ones, oh God. We lift up, Lord God, the depose, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. And we continue to pray for a spirit of confidence. Oh God, to comfort, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. All of those that are suffering from loss, oh God, loss of jobs, oh God, loss of hope, oh God. We pray, oh God, that hope will arise in your people, oh God, that we will not fail, oh God. We will not give up, oh God. We will stand, oh God. We will stand on your word, oh God. We will stand on your promises, oh God, that we are sure the victory, oh God. We are assured the victory because you already won for us. We thank you that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. So we thank you that the blood is applied to our lives. The blood is applied to our doorposts. The blood is applied to our children. The blood is applied to our grandchildren. The blood is applied over every care facility, oh God. The blood of Jesus is applied over the doorposts of every hospital, oh God. The blood of Jesus is applied over every doctor, over every nurse, over every attendant, oh God. The blood of Jesus is applied to our firefighters, oh God. The blood of Jesus is applied over our, our protectors, oh God. Our police officers, oh God. Our for enforcers of rules and regulations, oh God. The blood of Jesus is applied over our government and over our governmental leaders, oh God. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you honor and we give you glory that we are victorious and we win in Jesus name we pray amen hallelujah amen so we're excited 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're glad that you're here tonight. Glad that you chose to come out tonight and be a part Amen. with us. And I want you to know that today I fasted on my anniversary. And I'm going to take her out to the White Porcelain Castle tonight. <laughs> After. He's eating alone. Amen. If not, I can take you to Burger King. If not, White Castle. Well, Burger King's a little bit healthier. Taco Bell, there's a new one. I want to take you to a new Taco Bell. They just opened one up on Nine Mile Road, brand new Taco Bell. I want to take her a place she's never been before. Taco Bell, brand new when they just opened. Amen. For our anniversary dinner, how's that sound? We're going to carry out, we'll sit on the curbside and eat. Isn't that romantic? Charming. We're getting happy anniversaries and hellos from our live stream crowd. Amen. Hi, Andrea and Mario. I love you guys. Amen. Gary Geldof, love you. Amen. Darlene Bennett, good evening. Dr. Tanya, this is very exciting. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for our time together again tonight. I thank you that faith will arise within us. Father, we thank you for the word revealed. Thank you for this morning, but this morning is in the annals of history. You're a God of now. So, Father, I pull upon you for fresh anointing for us, fresh, fresh receptivity. Give us ears yes, God. and eyes, not only to hear and see, but, Father, let us be doers and apply. Bless the people gathered here and those that are watching live stream. Yeah. All of our faithful members in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome. Glad to have you here tonight. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offer. Come on. And you can clap at home too. Awesome. This, this is part two. We started this morning. And uh, we're going to conclude with a new direction in the main scripture. But please, let's open up our Bibles and put it up on the screen. Psalm 84 in verse 12. Uh, in the NLT version, this was prayed tonight, Elder Sharon, when you were praying. O Lord of heaven's armies, what joy for those who what? If we will begin to trust in the Lord in this season, amen, amen. we will experience joy. Now, there's not a lot of joy going around right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pizza boys are scared. Delivery boys are scared. There's a fear going around. But he promises us joy if we will trust him. Amen. Now, that's the NLT version. I'd just like to uh, give you a theme again tonight. Are you ready? Now, I want you to repeat this after me. How many were not here this morning? Okay, let me see. Wave them at me. 
Let me see the hands that were not here. I was not here this, this morning. Okay. All right. All right. Here's our theme. Are you ready? Repeat after me. Let me read it to you first and then we'll repeat it together. Judge not the White House, but judge your house. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord, my house. Boy, get quiet in here, Cheryl. Amen. Let me say that again. Do not judge the White House, but judge your house. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord, my house. Let's say it together. Are you ready? Come on, say it together. Say, do not judge judge the White House, House, but judge judge our house. house. Judgment Judgment begins begins in the house of the Lord. Lord. My house. house. Give the Lord a clap. Amen. Amen. We have to realize that God is preparing us for this next season. So many believe that the next season is the great awakening, the greatest harvest that the church has ever seen, that the world has ever seen. How many of you believe that tonight? How many of you even watching, you know that God is up to something. God isn't surprised that suddenly, oh my God, there's a coronavirus in the United States and the world. God knows what's going on and he's up to something. He's going to use it. So uh, even this morning we were saying at 9-11, there was such a return to the church. But, you know, I have to tell you, I found here in this state, so many people felt like, well, it's not happening here. I don't feel it. And so the return to church was short-lived. But I want to tell you, I love what God's doing because he's got us all at home. He's got us all in a place where we don't have anywhere to go. He's got us all in places where there's no jobs, there's no places to run to, no errands, just a few. But let's face it, how many uh, loads of wash can you run, saints? How many, you know, things can you dust? How many things can you clean? How many closets can you go through? And you just find yourself and your secret place, going after God with everything in you. So much fear, so much fear. But all the Christians that I run around with, they're all going, what are we fearing? The worst would be we'd go to be with Jesus. So, I mean, you know, the reality is we don't need to fear because he is in control. He's up to something. You know, I I shared this morning, and I just want to stir your heart that God is faithful. Um, most of you know I used to own an automobile dealership that I inherited from my parents. Yeah. They died two weeks apart and I got the dealership. I was on Gratiot, the Six Mile area, and there was the Buick dealership, the Chevrolet dealership, the Datsun. And uh, here it was. I had 55 to 75, somewhere around there, maybe 70, 68, 70, 75, big tanks. I catered to pimps, Muggers, thieves, street dudes, dope pushers, and many gangsters. And they wanted those Cadillacs. And they wanted those Lincoln Town cars. And they wanted the 225 and change. And they wanted the 98 Oldsmobiles. And they wanted the Bonneville Pontiacs. But all those big, I call, pieces of iron tanks. And here I was. Wasn't doing too bad. I'm a new Christian. And the gas war hits. 
And the prices on gas shoot way up. Now, I got 33, 34 people with their families I'm responsible for at the dealership at that time. And the gas war hits. I looked out in the, lot, in the yard. You couldn't give one of those cars away. I'm sitting out there. I got a bunch of tanks, a bunch of iron sitting in the dealership, and nobody wants them. And I got money invested. And the value is going down, down, down. And you know what they're buying? They're buying those little bugs, Volkswagen bugs. They're buying, again, Pintos. Some of you don't even know what that is. Or a Vega. That's what they wanted. My mechanics didn't know how to work on a Volkswagen bug. So I'm a new Christian. I go, oh, God. <laughs> I thought you loved me. What's happening? And, oh, God. Oh, God. I'm crying out to God. I want to tell you something. I made it through. Come on now. I made it through. And you will make it through. Yeah. And I had to readjust some things. And we had to learn how to work on those cars. I had to start buying Vegas and Pintos and, 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 and little Volkswagen bugs. They became like liquid gold. And you know what? Eventually in time, it came back. You know, uh, and, and guy, I, even even the we used to have a I had a clientele that, that were that were uh, they were gypsies. They always paid cash for the cars, and, and they would come in the dealership and and uh, they, 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 you know you'd ask them a price up here because you know they were gonna whittle you down a little bit. And uh, uh, I'll never forget uh, you could never get the name they wanted the title correct. They keep changing the name what name to put it in. What did I care? As long as they paid, you understand? I was a new Christian, amen? And uh, put it in this name. Oh, then the time we get ready to sign. Oh, put it in this name. Put it in that name. Nobody had a driver's license. Praise the Lord. But God was faithful during those difficult times. And again, I'll say, again, I share this morning. God was faithful during the AIDS epidemic. I remember those times. Come on, some of you. You couldn't touch a drinking fountain in a public place. You, you couldn't touch a doorknob. You went out to eat. You worried about your dishes you, you ate, your forks and spoons you picked up, the glass you drank out of. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. It was a terror and a fear. But God is faithful. We made it through. Come on now. It's like a Goshen. He takes care of his own. And um, faithful. Everybody say faithful. You know, this is different. 911 hit America. This has hit the nations of the world. I want to go to a, a familiar passage of Scripture. Second Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. And we need to look at 13. We're going to take a new approach at it tonight. And 13 is important because it sits up for 14. Amen. He says, if I shut up heavens that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence. Say pestilence. Let me give you the biblical definition of that word. Fatal epidemic disease. Say that. Say fatal. Fatal. Epidemic. Epidemic disease. Amongst my people. How many of you could identify that that's what we're going through? A fatal epidemic disease. Now look at verse 14. 
He says, if my people, say, I'm a my people, which are called by my name. I'm called by his name. Amen? If we'll humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, then, he says, will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's an if-then statement. You know, before I went into ministry with Bishop, I was an English teacher in the schools. And that was my major. And one of the rules in grammar is the if-then statement. And it's a conditional statement. It means if God does this, if we do this, then God will do that. It's a conditional statement. We got to do something. And so God is calling us at a fatal epidemic time of disease to do something. And I really feel uh, that God has spoken to me, and I know I've confirmed it with a lot of prophetic voices in the nation. And one of the things is that this particular virus, you know, we've seen the other viruses and we've seen epidemics and it seems like when the nations and the ep- intercessors of the nation prayed, that thing broke over this nation. But I've gotten word so much that from so many intercessors, they've said, what's going on? And so many of us believe that it's not about just breaking this virus, but that God is saying you got to bring it to the mercy seat. We've got to come to a place of repentance. A repentance is people of God. Listen, we got to get the sin out of the church. And then we'll see sin come out of the nation. I really believe that. I believe that as the church goes, so goes the nation. And we've got sin in the body of Christ that we need to intercede Lay us on the mercy seat. So many have said to me, well, pastor, I'm not living in sin. Well, you got some pride because all of us, none of us are worthy. And so even still, you know, I go before the throne, the heavenly court every morning. And I pray not just for my family, my kids, my grandkids, not just for my church people. I pray for every person that is even remotely attached to me. And I stand in the gap and I ask God, mercy, God, standing in the gap for all of our sin because we're all guilty. And then I say, God, grant mercy to us. Look at us and see Jesus, our advocate, in our place. And then I address that enemy. I say, you will shut up. You are bound. You have no authority. And then I look to the judge of the universe to grant us mercy, grace, a verdict of breakthrough, healing, innocence. We've got to remove the legal right the enemy has used against us. This morning we looked at the four-part command from this scripture. This is, for those of you that are Christians for any period of time, But we hear this, well, I'm just sitting back and let God, he's in control. He'll take care of everything. You know, I just got to sit back and walk by faith. Shut up! Amen. He gave you a four-part 
action here. He said, what? Humble. Everybody say humble. Humble. He said, pray. Pray. He said, seek. He said, turn. turn. That's repentance. Those are four things he told us to do. He said, come on now. Say humble. Pray. Seek. Seek. Turn. But here, Christian, well, I'm just, God's in control of the world. I I know that. God's in control of the world. I'm just going to walk this by faith and everything's going to be okay. No, you got something to do. You got four actions to take. That's right. You got something you got to do. Humble. Pray. Seek. And turn or repent. I want to look at that from a new perspective tonight. I want to give you a four-part response. Number one, reject passivity. Say reject passivity. Those that were in the Wednesday night class. Say reject passivity. That passivity is real in the body of Christ. We can get real laid back. I've had people say, well, you're praying. That's all that matters. Sorry, we need everyone to be praying. We have to not be passive. We have to get that spirit of apathy out of here. And it's in the church. So many They think, well, if I just bucket plunk, I'm good. I go to church. You know, last week I was talking to a sister at, uh, I went to stop and get a coffee and she looked like full of fear and she goes, this is creepy. I've never seen anything like this. I'm afraid. And I said, wait a minute, do you know Jesus? And that just helped because I began to minister to her and she prayed with me right there to receive him. We got the greatest time to share the gospel. But, you know, I looked at her and I said, do you know him? And at first she goes, well, I go to church. Well, I don't know how many of you would agree the devil goes to church. Apathy is just pathetic and passivity We are not going to get anywhere on anyone else's coat strings. We got to get up and do. You got to get up. You got opportunity now. Get up and pray. Get up and read your word. Get up and intercede. Get up and go and have such a passion after God that we just can't even contain you. Have some trust in in the God who saved you. Reject faith. Fear and trust God. You know, um, you go back to Genesis and look at Adam and Eve. And uh, sometimes we can be passive. When she took the fruit and ate it, she gave it to him to eat. He didn't stand up to her. He didn't say, no, honey, uh-uh, can't do that. Jehovah said, no. He just took it and ate. He didn't want to fight with her. Everybody say amen. Jesus, help him. He was passive. This is not a time we have to reject passivity. Read from a daily book. I want to encourage those of you that don't have it to pick it up. This is part, just 
part. I've shared this before. Of my daily devotionals is called Jesus Calling. What a great little devotional book. Okay? Uh, especially for, for couples. It's just a paragraph or two, no more than three, and a couple scriptures to look up. I'm going to read from Yesterday. yesterday's journal. The interesting thing is it just applies every day. You just open it and you're like amazed. Yesterday, trust me and don't be afraid, for I am your strength and song. Human weakness consecrated to me is like a magnet drawing my power in your neediness. Instead of trying to fight your fears, concentrate on trusting me. My joy, living in conscious awareness of my presence is what I want to share with you. It's just awesome. Every day we can pick this up and hear God speak right to us. And she wrote this like four years ago. So this is the word of the Lord. We're to reject it, reject that fear, but get up and do something. So reject passivity, number one. Number two, accept responsibility. Say, accept responsibility. You see, if you looked at the scripture, he said pestilence. We have a responsibility not only for our own sin, but we have responsibility of the sins of this nation. Now, hear me. Why do things like this happen? It rains on the just and the unjust. But he takes care of and protects his own, but it rains on both. Are, are, you, are you listening to me? We have to take responsibility and cry out for repentance for 62 or 63 million babies. We have to take responsibility and cry out for laws that have been passed for same-sex marriages. We have to, come on, take a stand and stand up and only responsibility and cry out for the sins and stand in the gap for our nation, for these laws that legalize prostitution, now have legalized other things. We have a responsibility, not only for our own sin, but for the sins of this country and the body of Christ at large. I call them greasy, greasy Christians. We have a responsibility. That's part of our response. We have to own our sin. And stop making excuses for it. Well, it's because of my mother. It's because of my father. I'm like I am because of this. I'm like I am because of that. No. Take responsibility. Own it. Get some healing. Get some healing. Talk to a professional. Find a counselor. But deal with these areas of your life. We gotta, I said it this morning. We got to stop gracing everything. Everything's under grace. Well, there is a place for grace, but then Jesus called it sin. And he said, we got to deal with it. We got to accept our responsibilities. We got to walk in, you know, what we know is truth. Amen. Say, reject passivity. Reject passivity. 
Accept responsibility. Accept responsibility. Number three is lead courageously. Amen. Say that. Say lead courageously. When we lead courageously, so many people say to me, well, I'm not a leader, pastor. We got to be the example. Just that's as simple as it is. The minute you're the example, you lead. You have to lead in your home. You have to lead in your neighborhood. You have to lead in your community. You have to lead at your workplace. You have to lead because that's what you're called to do as a Christian. You have to walk with integrity. You have to be the one maybe to say, yeah, I, I work with a lot of married couples, and I, I get so tired of hearing uh, the wife say to me, well, I'm not going to pray first. I'm always the one that prays first. Who cares who prays first? Pray. <laughs> yeah, well, it's his turn to lead prayer. No, it's whoever wants to do it. Just get up and pray and lead. And what did Paul say? Follow me. As I follow what? Christ. Well, I don't follow no man. I follow only God. Oh, shut up. I hear people say, well, I don't follow any man. I follow God. Get some Bible in you in maturity and grow up. Paul said it over and over. Not more. He said it more than once. Follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. And number four. Invest eternally. Say, reject passivity. We got to get into warfare. Amen. Say, accept responsibility. Accept responsibility. For myself and for the other nations Amen. of the world and this nation and the body of Christ. Lead courageously. Lead courageously. Be a leader. Every Christian is called to be a leader. You meet somebody at the grocery store. You see they're crying or something. Or say, can I pray for you? You know, uh, when, when you go to the bathrooms at the restaurants, leave a little message there, a track. Everybody say amen. I'll give them to you free. Amen. With your 20, 25% tip, leave a track if you can't pray for the waitress. Sometimes you can pray for them or ask them or lead them to Christ. I've done that many times. Other times, just, you know, the opportunity's not there or they're busy. And leave a generous tip, but, but lead courageously. Do creative things. God will give you creative ideas. You know, uh, now a lot of people pay their bills online, but for years I paid bills. Still do. Put tracks in with the bills. You never know who opens up that bill on the other end. Amen? And the last one, before, invest eternally. Invest in eternal things. Ask, will this count for eternity? There's a cost to walk with God. Is this pleasing to God? You know, sometimes you just have to take a minute and be aware of your surroundings. You have to take a minute and say, what, what can I do to please God right now? What can I say to encourage someone? What can I do that will bless them? What can I uh, help out with? Because when you look at your life, you have to decide, is what I'm doing going to further the kingdom? Am I investing in my eternal life? 
See, when you study the word and you sit down and begin to study the word and pray, that's an investment in your eternal life. You're only here for 80 years, maybe. Bible says three score and 10, 70, but you know, people live a lot longer now, but that's a vapor, the Bible says. And then you're standing in front of the judgment seat. Then you're standing in front of God. And he's going to look and say, well, what did you do with your life? What did you do with that vapor that you lived? We got to invest. Invest in lives. Invest in the word. Invest in prayer. Find ways to say, hey, how can I help? What can I do? You know, I went yesterday uh, and stopped and picked up something for someone just to help out. And where I had to go, you know, the person there looked just miserable. And I said, are you okay? And she just looked at me and she goes, I just am so upset about all of this. So again, it was just a great opportunity. And I said, hey, uh, you know, do you know the Lord? And she says, "Uh, I know who you are. And she was real kind of irritated. I said, oh, okay. She goes, I know you're one of them pastor people. (laughs) Okay, I guess that's a good word. And I said, well, I said, all the more reason I'm going to ask you then. She goes, yeah, I just really need you to pray or something. I said, well, I don't have the or something, but I can pray. And she let me pray with her, and she took a deep breath, and she goes, man, that made a difference. See, invest eternally. I don't think God cares whether, you know, your, your wallpaper's pink or purple or whatever. I don't think God cares, you know, if you don't get to every uh, weed in the weed bed. I don't think God cares about all that as much as if you look at your surroundings and you take an opportunity to just say, hey, what can I do that'll make a difference in a life? That's it. I just want to touch lives. I just want to live knowing that, man, every day I did something to please God. Yesterday's gone. It's under the blood. It's forgiven. God is a God of now, today. And you can plan to change things for the future. Think about eternity. Standing before a holy God, giving an account. Thank God, yesterday's under the blood. He's a God of today, now. And plan to make changes for tomorrow. Remember, if we'll do these things, yes. humble, pray, seek, then and turn, him. then he will do his three promises. Which are what? Hear. Hear. Forgive. forgive and heal. Thank you, God. Say, hear, forgive, and heal. Here, forgive, and heal. And heal the land not only means the United States and the world, That's but right. heal means the land of my heart. We're an earthen vessel. He'll heal us on the inside. Thank you, uh, God. I want to take a moment and share a little longer than usual, just a few minutes of a clip. This is a clip of four or five pastors and uh, talking about how to deal with the coronavirus. And our response as Christians. And then we'll come back and I got a positive confession and a closure and we'll pray. 
Would you uh, prepare that? Welcome to Hard Questions, where we gather pastors together to take on your tough questions and answer them right from the Bible. I'm Tom Hollis, the moderator, and today our panelists Turn up include just a little bit. Dr. William R. Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church in Pittsburgh. Pastor Joel Guinan, youth pastor at Cornerstone Ministries, Murraysville. Pete Giacalone, Rainbow Temple Assembly Guy Church, McKeesport, Pennsylvania. J. Anthony Gilbert, pastor of Another Level. Turn in up Washington. just a little bit. Pastors, thank you for joining us today. We have a very pertinent question for right now. What is the Christian response to the coronavirus? I think that's good. I think anytime something like this is going on in our culture, there's a missional opportunity at hand. Yeah. You know, it's easy to look at these things as huge negative things, and they are. These are terrible things that are going on in our culture and our world. But it's also an opportunity for the gospel. It's an opportunity for the, for the church to be the hands and feet of Christ and to love on people, you know, that... You're just like lepers at one point in time and, and all these different things. While most of the culture is avoiding and pushing away, we have an opportunity to minister and be the hands and feet of Christ. Right. I, I, think, I think that's excellent. Take every opportunity to preach the gospel. But I also believe along with you, Joe, is God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Right. So this idea of, uh, you know, uh, panicking, you know, the media will do everything in its power. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, where we live in the South Hills of, of Pittsburgh. Mm, yeah. My wife went into Sam's just yesterday, and there wasn't one roll of toilet paper. That's ridiculous. So I, I would just encourage everybody, listen, God before you, who can be against you? That's good, Pete. And use, use wisdom. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah, I go to Revelation 11, and there, there was two witnesses, right? And they witnessed for three and a half years, and then they were killed. Right. And, and, I, and I love what the Bible says. It says when their testimony was finished, right. when their testimony was finished. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to serve. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be wise. I'm not going yeah. to put myself in harm's right. way, you know, yeah. I'm, but I'm going to continue to serve, continue to do. And I realize that when my testimony is finished, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's a car accident, whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. you know, my, my testimony is finished mm-hmm. and it's time for me to go be with the Lord. That's good, Pastor Glaze. You know, I, I tell people, to, I plead two things. I plead the blood and Lysol. <laughs> I think there's a practical side to it, to your point. Yeah. And there's a spiritual agree, side. Yeah. You look all throughout the scripture. We never, there's no place in scripture we need to be worried. There you go. Yeah. There's no, no place in scripture from the time, even during the plagues of Egypt. Right. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, declare great? over your life the That's blessing right. of Goshen. Yes. It's on my life. Yes. There was no light in Egypt, but there was the light in Goshen. There were frogs in Egypt, no frogs in Goshen. I mean, all throughout, he protected them to the point where even the blood, death passed over them and went all over to Egypt, and they came out by way of the blood. So I believe that you have a blessing on your life. I believe we need to be practical, as you mentioned. I think that's so important. But all throughout the scripture, it, it wants, even down to the fact that if you want to be a snake handler, here's your chance, I guess. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you know, he said, you can drink any deadly thing. Not going to harm you. The Bible constantly shows us we're not subject to this world. So we shouldn't run around in fear, but we should be practical. To your point again, Dr. Glaze, we should be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. We still need to use wisdom. Don't go around and breathing it all in. But the same token, you don't need to be afraid and run away and uh, buy up a bunch of beanie weenies and bottled water and worry that the world's coming to an end. You have the blessing on your life. And if we have an anointing not only to be healed and lay hands upon the sick and they'll recover, well, that's our inheritance as believers, so we should walk in that. What does it yeah. mean, take no thought? Yeah. What does that mean? Literally, take no thought. Right. And, and it's the, in the thought realm, it's in the mind realm where this escalates. And, and Jesus told us, take no thought. In other words, you know, seek first the kingdom. 
And then again, I'm not talking about being foolish, like you said, Jay. Uh, you know, wash your hands and yeah. stuff like that. And but, but take no thought, because that whole warfare is going on in your mind. And you can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And you know, wash it with the word. You just think, uh, right where Joel's sitting, right. we, we had a brother that sat right there, brother yeah. Chris. Yeah, he's in China. And, and, right and Chris, by faith, left his church, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Took his whole family, mm -hmm. wife and three kids, and they moved to China. Yeah. Right. And, and, and just think what what worst time could he have made this decision? Yeah. But yet and still, he's he's laboring in the will of God. That's right. You right. know, he's laboring in the will of God. And, and he, God knew Corona was going to be there before he yeah. called Chris to go there. And, you know, yeah. he's happy as a lark. I just talked to him the other day yeah. on the phone and and uh, he said they have to call in their uh, their temperatures every morning. They were quarantined at that time. I think the quarantine for them has yeah. lifted. Yeah. But, but, like but God, is, God is watching over him. God yeah. is watching yeah. over him. I mean, there, you know, we can't always say that we're going to be 100% protected from everything that the world might uh, happen. No. But are we going to follow God or aren't we going to follow God? You mentioned missional opportunities. Yeah. Can you give me an example? I mean, how do you see that as a missional opportunity? Yeah, well, you know, while everybody else is kind of running from these situations, you know, there's an opportunity for Christians to be there to, with compassion, with generosity, you know, generosity towards helping find, you know, cures and treatments as well. You know, that not only should the government be helping with that, but can we also, you know, participate? Can we also make sure we're equipping our congregation members to be, you know, in parts of, of the different ministries or different things of the, the world to help create cures and stuff like that? I, I think we can take part in all those things and those, those sciences and those treatments, as well as missionary doctors, missionary nurses around the world. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, we need to not move in fear is the biggest thing I think I'm hearing. Pete, let's shake hands. Yeah, I was just at a conference where I shook hands with people from all over the world. So Pete's Amen. not afraid to shake my hand. No. <laughs> you know, it, it's, you know, Did you wash your hands? He's going to wash them now. He will now. That's for sure. <laughs> no, you know what? We need to have the, the mind of Christ Amen. about this and not move in fear. Be wise. I think everybody said that yeah. up here. Be wise. But don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. God will take care of you. And what's the worst that can happen? You end up in heaven. Who's got the sanitizer? Who's got the remember the story of John G. Lake? Um, when uh, there was a deadly virus over there in Africa. And he told them to bring it to him. And they put, it's documented. They put it in his hand. They put it under a microscope. And it died while it was in oh his hand. Wow. And uh, he just wanted to show people. So I think a lot of ways, too, you said we can also reach out and tell others about the gospel. This is where, hey, you got the corona? Come on into another level of ministries. Come to Rainbow Temple, wherever you are. And we will believe God for healing uh, yes. in your life. Yeah. Because he's, yeah. by his stripes, yeah. we That's have been right. made whole. We yeah. need to minister. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Are we in despair? Don't stay silent. Cry out to God. He hears and he waits to restore your hope. Though he doesn't always take us out of hard situations, he promises to be with us always. Amen. Amen. And let's look at this last scripture tonight, Psalm 56. In verse 3 and 4 in the NLT version. He says, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. 
So I trust I, 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 in I, I, God. Wait, 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 stop right there. I what? Praise God. I praise God. Amen. For what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Our God is bigger. Amen. So he's calling us to praise him. Praise at this time. Praise and thank him every day. Amen. Pass out these handouts. We brought some handouts for you. If you were here this morning, you if have you one. were here this morning, you probably got one. But if you weren't, I want you to have a copy of the prayer that God gave us to uh, recite. You can do it daily. You can do it whenever you need to. If you'd like one and you're watching live stream, all you have to do is message me right now if you're watching. Or you can call the office, 586-773-6568, and I will get that to you. Amen? Do we have it on the screen tonight, Doc? As we say it? No. Okay. So no, you're going to just... We got it on the screen. No. We're going to just pray. I'm going to... Let's all stand tonight. And let's just decree this. This is the year of the mouth, the decade of the mouth. This is the year of pay. And so we've got to understand that we're called to decree a thing. It's the time to speak the word of the Lord. Not all the other junk, people's opinions, uh, negative words. Stay away from the negativity. Uh, just get around brothers and sisters that are passionate after God and the word and decree the word. Listen, this is the season. So the enemy, you know, think about it. It's not hard. What did the enemy attack with this coronavirus? Our lungs. He's attacking the lungs to get you to not speak. So we're going to decree the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. So let us pray this. Lord, we are your people. Blood bought, purchased, and redeemed. We come before your heavenly court. You are the judge, and Jesus and his shed blood stands in our place as our advocate. We cry out for the gift of repentance, mercy, and forgiveness. Create in us clean hearts that have a renewed passion for all that is Jesus and your kingdom. We stand in the gap for every sin, transgression, and iniquity in us, the church, our nation, and the world. We believe by faith for changed hearts and thank you for resetting our lives. We take authority over the powers of darkness and forces of evil and no sickness, no disease will come near our homes. We stand and believe that when we return to you, to your word, your ways, and humble ourselves and seek your face like never before, then you will heal us and heal our land. Hallelujah. Now, put that scripture up one more time, that last scripture, and let's be a doer of the word. Not just a reader, not just a hearer, 
but a doer of the word. The last scripture you had up here about five minutes ago. Put it back up, please. He says, I praise God for what he has promised. What does he promise? To forgive, to heal. Amen. He says, I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Take that, Satan, and stick it in your ear. Amen. Our God is awesome. Woo! Let's praise God for what he has promised. He didn't say worship. He said, let us praise God for what he has promised. He has promised to hear, to forgive, and to heal. Say heal, forgive, and hear. And think about that. We're praising him in advance. We're praising him by faith. We're praising him for promises, and a lot of us are still waiting for those promises. Amen? So praise him. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you're watching by live stream, join us as we praise God tonight. Amen? Woo! Thank you, Lord. 